This podcast is sponsored by Jabra Enhance. Getting hearing aids is no picnic. It's expensive, confusing, time-consuming, right? Actually, no. With the Jabra Enhance Select and Premium Package, you can get state-of-the-art hearing aids and professional care without the hassle. Jabra Enhance offers advanced rechargeable hearing aids delivered to your door for thousands less than you'd expect. No offices, no waiting rooms. Just take the online hearing test to personalize your hearing aids. Enjoy speech clarity, noise reduction, and hearing technology that adapts to your unique sound environments. And the audiology team can provide adjustments to your hearing aids remotely on request for three years. And the best part? You'll likely pay thousands less than if you went to a traditional audiologist. And now for a limited time, save $200 when you order Jabra Enhanced Select Hearing Aids with promo code PODCAST. Go to jabraenhance.com and enter promo code PODCAST to save. jabraenhance.com code PODCAST. For eligible individuals 18 and older in 50 United States and Washington, D.C. with mild to moderate hearing loss only, audiology team may not be able to program hearing aids for some types of hearing loss. See website for details and important safety information. Welcome to the Stranded Technologies Podcast. I'm your host and founder of Infinita Fund, Nicholas Anzinger. In this show, we talk about how to accelerate the future. Our thesis is that many life-improving technologies are held back by institutional barriers. How can we unblock vast opportunities while mitigating against the risks? What ethical principles, rules, and regulations can guide us on that path? We will discuss these questions with entrepreneurs, policymakers, and industry experts. If you enjoy the show, please give us five stars and visit us at infinitafund.com to join the community. This is a very special episode. I'll be recording a couple of my own thoughts on the future on human progress to explain a bit more what is the kind of future that I want to help create, why am I doing this podcast, and how we can innovate faster to make the future now. And I was very influenced by economic thinkers. There is the godfather of economics, Adam Smith. He wrote a book in 1776 called The Wealth of Nations. It's arguably the first comprehensive treatise in economics. I read a, admittedly, I read a short version of it, but it was so brilliant. Like I've read economics for more than a decade before, and more than 50% of the whole body of economics, the logic and the key ideas already contained in that book. So I was stuck by the utter brilliance of Adam Smith's book. What Adam Smith was doing was observing a system of free exchange of trades. Some might call it capitalism, although I think that can be misleading, but it was in its infancy. And he was able to see the inner logic of that system. And he took an optimistic view. He saw it as something that would fundamentally drive human progress. And he was absolutely correct. Like humanity has never seen the kind of progress that it's seen in the past 250 years since the publication of that book and the events that happened around the time of Adam Smith's writing that he observed. Something that I learned that Adam Smith didn't see was just the quantitative magnitude of the change and of the rate of progress. Adam Smith was observing a mostly agricultural society, where 90% of people were employed in agriculture. And he was seeing the coming of the Industrial Revolution, of manufacturing, of weaving industries, and things like that. So Adam Smith believed that what the future holds 
this optimistic best case scenario would be a three to four X increase in our productive capacity. Fast forward about 150 years later to John Maynard Keynes, one of the most important economists of the 20th century. He wrote a fascinating essay in 1930 called The Economic Possibilities of Our Grandchildren. And I'm going to read one passage where after he goes through the history of science and of the Industrial Revolution, I'm talking about the rate of progress that it's brought. In spite of an enormous growth in the population of the world, the average standard of life in Europe and the United States has been raised, I think about fourfold. The growth of capital has been on a scale which is far beyond a hundredfold of what any previous age has known. If capital increases, say 2% per annum, the capital equipment of the world will have increased by a half in 20 years and seven and a half times in a hundred years. Think of this in terms of material things, houses, transport, and the. So John Maynard Keynes here is talking about compounding interest. If you grow 2% each year, then you will double within 20 years. That is amazing. And that's basically what's happened over the last 250 years. The system has getting increasingly more efficient and improving. And since John Maynard Keynes times in 1930, we have increased even more. We have things now that even Keynes would have never found imaginable. So what if we put ourselves in the future? What are the things that we in 2022 cannot imagine how the future will be like in 2120. There are so many things we can't see yet. However, there's one catch. I think, and many people have argued, such as Robert Gordon or Tyler Cowen, that our rate of technological progress is actually declining. And that's because of many reasons that we don't exactly know. It seems to me that there's a new consensus in the economic literature on growth that one of the biggest factor in whether or not we can grow in prosperity and whether a nation or a country is staying poor or getting rich is the quality of institutions and specifically by rules, laws and regulations. The economist Paul Romer went out in 2009 and give a TED talk. And his idea was simple. If rules, if laws are the cause for nations to stay poor or get richer, witness Hong Kong, Dubai, Singapore, and China growing from poor hinterlands into wealthy megacities, if that's the reason, how can we iterate on that innovation? How can we figure out what are the best laws, the best rules and the best regulations? How about we do charter cities on a smaller scale to see what the best rules and regulations are? What we've been doing so far to generate 2% of growth in our productive output per year. What if with better rules and regulations, we can get to 25 3%, maybe 5%. That would mean for our future, we could more than 100x what we have right now. And I think that's possible. 
In the course of this podcast, I've talked to thinkers in healthcare and education and finance. And we've talked about so many bad laws, old rules and regulations that are holding back innovation. And we haven't talked yet about industries such as energy, which is a very big one, or real estate. I was very influenced by an economist called Brian Kaplan, who estimates that if we improve or cut housing regulations, the price for housing would be cut in half. He also wrote another book that's called Open Borders, where he would argue that with an open border system where people could freely move around and go to where their labor is most productive, we could double world GDP. So all these improvements that we talked about, they add up. Our current system is possibly still able to generate 2% in productive growth per year. For how much longer, I don't know. But it doesn't seem far-fetched to me to see how we can get to 5%. And if we can get to 5% and can continue that over a couple of decades, then imagine where we'll be and the technologies we'll have and how our standards of living will increase. Our ability to live longer and healthier lives will increase. Our ability to take care of people who don't have it as well will increase with the amount of resources we can provide. I think that's great. And that is a goal worth striving for. Is economic growth on its own enough? Are people more or less happy with more or with less economic growth? The answer is very clear that we are more happy with economic growth. The reduction in misery of child mortality and things like that. These are good things. And people are happier without distress, without poverty. That's abundantly clear. So in that sense, yes, economic growth is great and is making us happier. Is it enough? Probably not. I think we humans are still confronted with our inner lives. And our inner lives are mostly not satisfied by economic or material goods. We have needs that are emotional, that are spiritual. We have a need for recognition, for community, for being seen by other people, for who we are. And the economic growth won't solve that. But it will improve the condition for community to happen, for human flourishing, for being more seen by others, for connecting more with other people. I'm a technological optimist. A lot of people are very skeptical about technology and of technological progress. They see bad things that are happening, social media that is increasingly infiltrating our lives and making us unhappy. I don't see it that way. With many of these stories, I see a spin how it's actually been bringing positive changes. I want a world that's more open and more connected it's with ideas, capital, and people. Let me be clear on what I mean by that. We already have a much more open world when it comes to ideas, just sharing and communicating with other people around the world. What we think is extremely valuable, but we're not yet at an age of free flow of information or ideas. Patent or IP laws, for example, are 
are holding back a lot of innovation. And free speech is not something we should take for granted. Second capital. We can put money and resources to work in places where they need it. So it also sounds like we already have a lot of that, but that's not entirely true. Like in episode one of this podcast, for example, we talked about the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which makes it harder and riskier for U.S. firms to deploy capital in poorer countries. Many countries around the world have capital controls that limit the inflows and outflows of capital. The way that the tax laws and systems of many countries are created are leading to very high transaction costs and make it very cumbersome and often risky to move capital between different countries. In some countries, there's even political risk. So investors aren't willing to invest in these countries. So we're not where we want to be at. But most importantly, a world that's more open for people to move around. That's, I think, one of the biggest and most damaging regulations in the world. It makes a big difference if your passport is from Somalia or Pakistan or Iran compared to Germany, the United States, or Sweden in terms of where you can go, where you can work, who you can be with. And I think that's a shame if people were able to move around more freely. It's not the fault of people in Iran or Russia to have oppressive governments. If we would let more people into countries like the United States or Europe, where we have plenty of opportunities and jobs, we have in Europe at least aging populations. In many fields, we have shortage of workers. Everyone would be better off. The people that would come would be able to earn 5, 10, 20 times more than they could do in their home countries. And the people in the receiving countries would get cheaper goods and services. And we would get new and nice neighbors. Because anywhere around the world where we've seen real-world data, immigration has been a net positive. That's really my motivation why I do this podcast. To point you, my audience, entrepreneurs and innovators and policymakers, towards people that have thought very hard and carefully about how we can unlock this wealth of innovation while discussing the limitations like the ethical dimensions of it. When do we need to, or should we follow the law? When should we look for alternatives? I hope you enjoyed the podcast so far. If you have feedback, message me, Niklas, N-I-K-L-A-S, at infinitafund.com. Infinita is like infinity, just with an A instead of a Y. Check out our website, infinitafund.com. I'm organizing three conferences this year in healthcare, education, and finance, bringing 50 to 100 entrepreneurs each to the beautiful Caribbean island of Rotan in the country of Honduras to show them Prospera, which is a startup city that I think is particularly innovative when it comes to their legal system and I think allows for great innovations to happen such as tokenized assets, such as robots building housing or drones delivering essential goods. We can build it there. 
and I want to create a movement and build a network of startup cities, both physical in the real world and digital, with people that are working together to unblock stranded technologies. So join me in that movement and let's build the future. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great 